Welcome to Transformed by Grace, an in-depth Bible study of God's Word, presented by the Berean Bible Society. Join us each time on this station as Pastor Kevin brings the transforming message of God's grace revealed through the Holy Scriptures. selling book at the Breen Bible Society year in and year out is Things That Differ by Cornelius R. Stam, the founder of the Breen Bible Society. In this book, Pastor Stam clearly shows the things that differ between God's plans for the earth through Israel and God's plans for the heavenlies through the church, the body of Christ. In this work, Pastor Stam takes a close look at the dispensations of God Israel's fall, the last days for Israel and the last days for the body of Christ. He compares the ministries of the Twelve and of Paul, of Peter's authority and Paul's authority, and the dispensational place of miraculous signs and water baptism. Within the book is a side-by-side comparison of prophecy and mystery, which we recently had published in tract form. And so I'd like to walk through this comparison chart together to show the clear distinctions in God's Word between the two hopes and two programs of God of prophecy and mystery. The ninth distinction that we want to look at is that under prophecy, it concerns blessings both material and spiritual on the earth. But under the mystery, we see that the mystery concerns all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. Deuteronomy 28 verses 2 through 4, speaking of Israel's blessings. It says, And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. There'll be so many of them, they'll just completely overtake them. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, blessed shalt thou be in the city, blessed shalt thou be in the field, blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Under the mystery, the mystery concerns all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Ephesians 1, 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. We are blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. And we are also blessed materially as well by the Lord. 1 Timothy six seventeen says that the living God giveth us richly, all things to enjoy. But what you see is that there's a reverse order. The The focus of our blessings under grace is on the spiritual. And being in Christ, we are blessed with all spiritual blessings. And the sphere of our blessings is different also as it's in heavenly places. We are richly blessed in Him. But you see the reverse in prophecy, how the focus is on their material blessings, and then secondarily, their spiritual blessings. Under their material blessings, you learn often in prophecy about Israel's crops and their cattle being increased and their family life being increased and them prospering materially within the kingdom. Now, they are blessed spiritually as well, but the material blessing is at the forefront for how God blesses them when Israel kept the law, when Israel obeyed him. 
So you see a difference in the order of blessing. That under grace, it's spiritual and material blessings. Under prophecy, it's material and spiritual blessings. The tenth distinction is that under prophecy, prophecy concerns Christ's coming to the earth. I think sometimes there's a misunderstanding about the first coming and the second coming and the rapture that some get confused and they think well the rapture and the second coming must be the same thing because that is the second coming of Christ but just add the words to Israel and everything makes sense because then it's the first coming of Christ and when he came to this earth he came to Israel the second coming of Christ is when he comes to the earth and he comes to Israel. The rapture is Christ coming in the air, the secret coming of Christ to catch away the church, the body of Christ. And so when you understand that, it makes the distinction between the rapture and the second coming as two separate comings. Those comings are seven years apart. In Zechariah 14:4, we learn about Christ's coming to the earth and we learn as his feet shall stand in that day upon the mount of olives which is before jerusalem on the east and the mount of olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west and there shall be a very great valley and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north and half of it toward the south and christ comes in power and glory at his second coming he comes all the way down to the earth his feet stand on the mount of olives and it splits with the the power that he comes with and the glory at the battle of armageddon the mystery however explains christ's present absence from the earth ephesians 1 verses 20 to 22 says which he wrought in christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Philippians 1-2 has this, this normal introduction to Paul's epistles that you see often, where it says, Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Many are confused as to what God is doing today. And I think it's because of a failure to rightly divide the word of truth, a failure to see that God interrupted his dealings with the nation of Israel and began a dispensation of the grace of God. When John the Baptist came on the scene, and then subsequently the Lord's earthly ministry began, both the Lord and John the Baptist said that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, 2,000 years later, the kingdom still hasn't started. The Lord, of course, meant what he said. If Israel hadn't stumbled at the stumbling stone, if they hadn't fell in their unbelief after Christ's earthly ministry and then the Holy Spirit's ministry that followed that, the kingdom would have been established very soon according to the prophetic timetable it was at hand it would have been established after christ's three-year earthly ministry the one additional year of the holy spirit's ministry and then the seven-year tribulation period 
So it was about 11 to 12 years from being established when the Lord and John the Baptist said that it was at hand. And so that was the case. It was at hand. And in light of that, the teaching of the Lord's earthly ministry was about preparing Israel to go through the tribulation period, about his second coming at the end of the tribulation, his teachings for Israel to follow in his 1,000-year earthly millennial kingdom. And we see that especially in the charter of the kingdom in the Sermon on the Mount that he gave. But Israel fell. And God had a program that he had said nothing about, the mystery. And that word mystery means to shut the mouth. It was something that God never opened his mouth about, never said about in the past. After Israel fell, the next thing in God's prophetic timetable was the prophesied tribulation period. But instead of ushering in that tribulation period, he postponed it, saved the chief of sinners by grace on the Damascus road, the apostle Paul, and he began a dispensation of grace with the Gentiles. And for the last 2,000 years, mankind, whether they realize it or not, has been living in the dispensation of the grace of God. And in that time, Christ has been carrying out a heavenly ministry, even to this very moment. That's what explains his absence from the earth, the dispensation of the grace of God. All of Paul's epistles begin the same way, grace and peace from God the Father and God the Son. And that is what God is declaring and offering to all people today, grace and peace. One day, Christ will return, and it could be today, and he will return at the rapture to catch away his heavenly people, the body of Christ, to heaven. Seven years later, after the tribulation period, he will return to the earth at his second coming to Israel to establish his kingdom on the earth. We'll be returning to the program in just a minute. But first, we'd like to take this time to thank you, our partners, for making these programs possible. If you would like to access our library of helpful Bible study tools, go to BereanBibleSociety.org. If you'd like to receive a free complimentary copy of this comparison track, Basic Distinctions Between Prophecy and the Mystery, just contact us by calling us at 262-255-4750 or email us at berean at bereanbiblesociety.org and give us your mailing address and we'll be happy to send you a free copy. We also sell them in packs of 25 for $3 and packs of 100 for $10. If you'd like to order them, you can order them through our website at bereanbiblesociety.org. To receive our free full-color 32-page monthly magazine, The Berean Searchlight, call 262-255-4750 or subscribe online at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. Thank you again for your generous gifts. And now, back to the teaching with Pastor Kevin. The 11th distinction we want to look at is that under prophecy... Uh, salvation by grace through faith alone is not contemplated. 
But under the mystery, salvation by grace through faith alone lies at the very heart of this program and the message of the mystery. When we say that uh, salvation by grace through faith alone is not contemplated, I think it's humorous here that Pastor Stan, when he wrote this chart, doesn't put any verses there because there's nothing to be found in prophecy about salvation by grace through faith alone. Instead, what you find is James 2, 24 and 26 is this. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. But then when you turn to the letters of the Apostle Paul and we learn about the mystery within his epistles, we find that salvation by grace through faith alone is at the very heart of that message. Romans 3, 21 to 26 says, But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say at this time, His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of Him which believeth in Jesus. Romans chapter 4, verse 5 also says, But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Romans 3.21 says, But now, and those are important words within the letters of the Apostle Paul, because it shows a change, a shift has happened. And but now here means that a plan, a program has been revealed by God in which God righteously saves unrighteous sinners, not requiring them to keep the law at all. That plan and program is the mystery, something God said nothing about in time past. Paul says that the righteousness of God is given to believers is by faith of Jesus Christ, verse 22. And that that takes you back to chapter 1, verse 17. Faith meets faith in salvation. Romans 1, 17 says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, and it's Christ's absolute faithfulness and trustworthiness in providing and offering salvation by faith alone. And when we place our faith in what Christ has done by His faithfulness to His Word, we have the righteousness of God. It is ours. It is from God's faithfulness to our faith. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And as has been said about that verse, the availability of the gospel is as universal as the need. And the need is universal because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The reason God can declare ungodly sinners to be righteous and to be given the righteousness of God is because the Lord Jesus Christ has fully paid the debt of our sins by His death, burial, and resurrection. And when sinners accept Christ by faith, they are 
justified, verse 24 says. Justified freely. It's not something we can earn. It's not something we purchase. Rather, it's something that's offered by God to all people as a gift. And it's completely apart from any merit in ourselves. It is justified freely by His grace. But when you read and study prophecy in the prophetic scriptures, they had all kinds of things they had to do, works to do, which manifested, which demonstrated their faith in God. So in prophecy, you do not find this kind of thing taught of salvation by grace through faith alone. This was the gospel, however, in Romans 3, that was revealed to the Apostle Paul for this dispensation of grace, a gospel of grace. But the problem is, if you don't rightly divide the word of truth, you often hear the gospel mixed with elements of Israel's program. So you'll hear about faith in Christ, and then you have to be water baptized. Or you'll hear about faith in Christ, and then you also hear, but you've got to confess your sins. And you'll hear that you've got to trust Christ, but then if you don't speak in tongues, you don't have the Spirit. Or you must trust Christ, but then you must demonstrate your faith by your works to show that you really did believe. None of that is true. We just believe that Christ died for our sins, was buried, and rose again. And in a moment of time, you are saved and you are sealed by the Holy Holy Spirit and you are God's forever and ever. And nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. The twelfth distinction that we want to look at is that under prophecy, the proclamation of the prophetic program was committed particularly to the twelve. Matthew 10, verses 5 through 7 says, These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Peter's message after he healed the lame man in the temple in Acts chapter 3, he says, in Acts 3.19, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And that's talking about... So you see that the proclamation of the prophetic program and consistent with the prophetic program was committed to the twelve. But then to the Apostle Paul, we learn that the proclamation of the mystery was committed particularly to him alone. In Ephesians, Paul says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me to you, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see What is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God, who created all things by Jesus Christ? That message that was committed to the twelve is consistent with the hope of Israel, consistent with the message of prophecy from the beginning of Scripture all the way. God had told Abraham that he would make his seed a blessing to all the families of the earth. And you see Peter quoting that in Acts 3.25. God made covenants with Israel through Abraham and through David 
of a land and a great nation and a king and a kingdom that will be literally fulfilled one day through Jesus Christ. After Peter healed the lame man at the temple, you see Peter is a powerful message, which was in every way consistent with that message and that program of prophecy. But then you go to the Apostle Paul. He talks about a revelation that was made known to him alone called the mystery, a message that God had said nothing about that was hid in God uh, from the beginning of the world. Peter, in his epistles, it's humorous to me that he says, he even says that Paul says things that are hard to be understood in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 16. And it's because he was saying things that weren't in line with prophecy that were different of a new program, a new dispensation, a new hope for believers. It's a message of grace, a program for the Gentiles, the mystery reveals, a heavenly hope, the blessed hope of the rapture is revealed in the mystery. A new way for believers to walk and to please God by grace through faith in Christ. We live today the same way we were saved, by grace through faith in Christ. Thirteenth distinction of the chart shows that under prophecy that the prophetic program was revealed through many of God's servants, whereas under the mystery, the mystery was revealed through one man, Paul. Luke chapter 1 verse 70 says, As he spake, the as God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began. Second Peter one twenty one says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. But then under the mystery review, we see that it was revealed just to one person, the Apostle Paul. And Paul makes that clear in Galatians 1, where he says, Paul, an apostle not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man, for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. The message of prophecy was revealed to many prophets, many people down through the ages from the beginning of the world, whereas the revelation of the mystery was revealed to Paul alone by Christ to make known to all. Paul's apostleship was not of men, he says in Galatians chapter 1, verse 1. In other words, not of the twelve, neither by man, which means not by Peter. Paul's gospel was not after man. Paul didn't receive it from man, and he was not taught it. In other words, Peter and the twelve apostles did not teach, did not reveal Paul's gospel and message to him. He re received it by a direct revelation of Jesus Christ, and it necessitated a direct revelation because it was never revealed prior to Paul. So he couldn't be taught it from the Old Testament scriptures and prophecy because it's not there. And so Christ had to reveal it to Paul in order to make it known to him. In the last distinction of the chart, we find that under prophecy, Old Testament writers frequently did not understand the prophecies made known through them. First Peter 1 verses 10 to 12 says, Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, 
who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves but unto us they did minister to things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. We see that the prophets of old often didn't understand the prophecies made known through them, but then you see under the mystery that Paul both understood and longed that others might understand the mystery revealed through him. He says in Colossians 2, 1-3, For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. When the Lord in His earthly ministry said that He was going to be delivered to the Gentiles, to suffer, to be scourged, to be crucified. The reaction of the twelve is that they were sorry or sorrowful. And Luke 18.34 says they understood none of these things. And one time when the Lord said it, uh, Peter rebuked the Lord when he said it. And he replied, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. It shows that the twelve didn't preach the cross of Christ in the Gospels to be saved. They didn't understand the cross. And the prophets of old didn't understand either. As it says there that they were searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ. So they didn't understand well, what was uh, there were be, what was being revealed about the cross to them. But then to the Apostle Paul in the revelation of the mystery, it was revealed very plainly and clearly for all of us the glorious accomplishments of the cross. And today it is by faith in the cross and in Christ's resurrection that we are saved from all of our sins. Paul wanted all, everyone to understand the mystery, the message revealed to him by Christ. And that is the desire of this ministry of the Brean Bible Society as well. We want you to know, to see, to understand the message that the risen, glorified Christ revealed to Paul from heaven. In understanding this, you understand more fully God's will for your life today. You understand what God is doing today in the dispensation of grace. And you can understand His Word more clearly and enjoy it even more. The Berean Bible Society was founded over 75 years ago for the sole purpose of helping believers understand and enjoy the Word of God. Our organization holds without apology to all the fundamentals of the Christian faith, and we believe that salvation is by grace through faith alone, based on the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Please stop by for a visit or call 262-255-4750 or visit us online at www.BereanBibleSociety.org
Thank you again for tuning in to Transformed by Grace. We appreciate your prayer support and the financial gifts. The purpose and mission of the Berean Bible Society is to help you understand the whole counsel of the Word of God. For more information, visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org or give us a call at 262-255-4750. Or if you prefer, write us at the Berean Bible Society, P.O. Box 756, Germantown, Wisconsin, 53022. Now until next time, may you be transformed by God's grace.